Hello and welcome to episode 49 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you all doing? I need to start this week's episode by issuing a very public apology. Okay. I would like to publicly apologise for eating an M&M on an episode of the podcast. Well, I'd just like to acknowledge your apology and say that's very big of you. Because there's plenty of people that eat M&Ms on podcasts and don't feel the need to apologise. So I'd like to congratulate you for being so professional. The reason I'm apologising is because somebody left a, granted, a five-star review, but also saying, please don't ever eat on the podcast again. And, you know, I'm re- I genuinely am really sorry because I hate when people chew near me or chew loudly and it makes me want to punch them square in the jaw. So I appreciate that having my little mouth chewing in your ear holes must have been a horrible experience. And I apologise from the bottom of my heart. Are you ready to thank our Patreon subscribers? I'm already, I'm always ready to thank our patrons. We would like to thank Ash Mearns. Tasha Dower. Jamie Marie Spaulding. Nicole Mason Brock. Todd Snellgrove. Rachel Mittens. Sean Burnham. Julia Wagner. Thea Rossini. Chloe Anderson. Brianna Oregon. Tori. Debbie Robertson. Oh, I was hoping I'd get this one. Smack a luck attack. Yay! <laughs> Robin Helton. Kayla Coughlin. Kaya Coughlin. Kaya. Kayla. Coughlin. You said Ka- Kayla Coughlin. I literally have it in front of me. Uh, Mar- <laughs> Mirandia Berthold. Jennifer. Alexandra McCusker. And Stacey Ross. God, why am I like literally not able to read? I'm sorry if I butchered your name. I do apologise. I think you actually did a really good job. It was only me with Ka- Kayla Cochran. Are you ready for our film review this week? I am actually, yeah. Our film review this week is Before I Wake. Before I Wake was released in 2016. It has 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb and 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis? Give me a synopsis. Foster parents Mark and Jesse welcome eight-year-old Cody into their home. The boy tells Jesse that he's terrified to fall asleep but she assumes it's just a natural fear for a young child. The couple become startled when their dead biological son suddenly appears in their living room. To their surprise, Cody's dreams can magically become real, but so can his nightmares. Mark and Jesse must now uncover the truth behind Cody's mysterious ability before his imagination harms them all. I'm going to, before you even say anything, that is the worst written synopsis I've ever (laughs) copied and pasted from the internet startled when their dead biological son appears in their sitting room is an understatement it's a massive understatement I mean I would be more than startled and equally equally to their surprise Cody's dreams can magically come true I would be more than surprised if that happened to me so astonished what what, um, freaked out dazzled bedazzled (laughs) I'd probably be um, noping the fuck out of there (laughs) what were your thoughts on this film okay so that noise was me, by the way, not some weird demon. That was just me getting my ref. Um, I think that this film had the potential to be extremely good. However, it just got good, in my opinion. It just got good? It was just good. Oh, it was just good? Yeah, I don't know what I said. I was so into this for the first hour, maybe. The, the little kid in it is the little kid from Room. If you've seen the film Room based on the book by Emma Donoghue, he is the cutest kid you've ever so seen adorable. in your life. And he's not like a freaky ass little kid. And there were so many elements of it that were 
like traumatizing to watch. Yeah, and really well done as well. Yeah, so there was like um, this little kid comes along, his dreams obviously come to life, and in the beginning, it's a really positive thing. So he's dreaming about like butterflies, and he dreams about their dead son, and then the mother, who is a total bitch starts like fucking drugging the kid to make him sleep more so she can see her son loads but then their their dead son that she sees in the dream he becomes really freaky um and then there's a monster i just want to say mm. her dead son is freaky anyway he is a bit freaky that kid's got a really freaky face yeah, he does. and they're just like because the kid can only imagine what he's seen and heard so when you first see the son it doesn't talk so they obviously just said to the kid just smile Oh my gosh. Yeah, he is freaky when he oh smiles. Oh my gosh. His face is like frozen in That's that the smile. kind of kid that needs your drop kicking, I think. Yeah, I would drop kick him down the stairs, even if he was my biological child. So the big um, issue with this, though, was that they made the fatal error mm. of showing the monster. Because when the monster which... was in the periphery, mm. in the background, lurking around, it was horrific. I was like, what the fuck is that? What is that? It looked like a grey... It was awful. It was really quite scary. And then when it like whispered in the child's ear, it was really scary. And then you saw it and it was like, oh, this actually isn't scary anymore. The thing is, without saying too much, because I actually don't want to spoil this because I mm. do think you should watch it. You kind of needed to see the monster for the reveal to make sense. Yeah, you did, unfortunately. Which was a shame. I, I also think, so I'm going to give a spoiler. Not for the whole film Jesse's husband Mark gets literally consumed by this monster and can we discuss the fact that at no point was she upset about this fact yeah she wasn't bothered by the death of her husband at all she just carried on with her life like she just was like well fuck it move on (laughs) it was just really weird considering like this man that you are in love with they have a very positive relationship gets consumed by a big demon being dreamed up by this child that you fostered after your own biological son has died and you don't give a solitary fuck. And actually, I know we shouldn't rate parents because that's really out of order, but definitely the better parent at yeah. the start. Yeah, the dad He was. was actually like, he's like, he won that foster kid round, doing all the right things, encouraging his wife not to drug their son and all these positive things. And then he dies. She don't care. She really Ouch. doesn't care though. You know, she sort of, you'd think that she'd have some sort of like, no, even when it's happening, she's just like, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'll <laughs> carry on what... drugging my foster child now. Maybe that's why the adjectives in the uh, synopsis are so tame. Lackluster. Yeah, because she's quite lackluster as well. <laughs> I mean, she's very lackluster as an actress, I think, yeah. as well. So yeah, I, I, I thought the film, actually, I'm not going to give away the spoilers, but the... Um, the monster essentially is actually very clever at the end, but just badly executed. Mm. And it's, it's only, really sad. It's, but the only thing is that it's only badly executed because you need to see the monster. For it to make sense. And because and it sees the monster and then you lose it. And the more I thought about this film, the more I actually think I actually enjoyed it. I actually yeah. quite liked it. And I thought it was clever and it was logical. And if that was of the truth, it would make sense. I think if it had a stronger cast... And they held off on showing the monster until later or maybe only had it on briefly. Maybe there was too much of the monster. I don't really know. Yeah, potentially. It probably would have been um, an actually an, an, an excellent film because it's kind of got that Babadook feel about it in terms of the kind of underlying themes that are going on. 
the more I thought about it, the more I thought this could have been a great film. What would you give it out of five? I'm, I'll give it a solid four. I think I do think it's a good film, and I, I feel like they the, the mistake that they made they had to make in order to make the ending right. And I thought the ending was clever, and I thought it was logical. And yeah, I think you have to give him praise for that. I'm gonna also give it a four. Wow. I know because I don't. I think it, it the beginning of it really gripped me, and I thought it was really clever. And I was thinking about it actually during the week and I was thinking about imagine how horrific the world would be if my dreams came to life. The weird shit that I dream about. I had a dream during the week of a rabid otter trying to attack me. Like imagine if you're, I'm dead asleep in bed and you're running around the house with this rabid otter. This would be the problem because you're always asleep. That's true. And I don't sleep. So anything you dreamt nice would be mine, which would be cool. Anything you dreamt horrific would get me instantly. Yeah, and then... Um, because you and Bim both sleep as well. What does, imagine what Bim dreams about. Oh, my gosh. And the thing is, I'm only ever really, I only ever wake up to do this podcast. So you would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> so are you ready for some stories this week? Okay, I just want to um, caveat this by saying that I have been playing horror games for the last four days. Three of which has led to... Three of those days have gone straight to bed after I am in a fragile mental state. So I'm hoping that these are not going to be too scary. The first one I think you'll enjoy then. Okay. Genuinely enjoy. Okay. Not in a, not in a, you know, sadist kind of way. I think you'll enjoy it. Ha ha ha. (laughs) As you're crying under the table. Our story number one comes from our good friend Hobnoblin. Hey. The reason I said Hobnoblin is because I actually can't pronounce his name because it's Finnish. Okay. So I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm not even going to try and butcher your real name because it's just not... (laughs) It's just not going to happen. Um, I've cut out some bits of this story for once, only because it was like a film review and stuff. Uh, or not a film review, a film recommendation, so it didn't really feel relevant. Um, but the rest of it, I think you will enjoy. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to this. So, as I said on Patreon, here's my contribution. It will most likely be long and rambling, since English isn't my native language, and there's so many different things I want to tell you. Don't worry, though. They're not long stories. I have a bunch of little happenings that have given me a scare or a feeling of unease. Nothing paranormal, just normal scares, I think. Okay, let's get to it. Little backstory about me first for context. I'm a male, 5 foot 10 inches. No, well, (laughs) I am, but let's not do that. 28 years old and from Finland, where cold and darkness can spark up your imagination to a whole other level. We have our own folklore as do all Scandinavian and Nordic countries. And it's actually pretty darn interesting. I suggest looking into that. I, however, wasn't raised on those beliefs, as they are mostly on the northern parts of the country, and I hail from the east side. But there's still plenty of weird to go around for us, too. So most of Finland is covered in forests and lakes. Even the biggest cities have their own forest areas, which I find nice since nature is really close to my heart. I was born and raised in a rural town where there wasn't too much to do and being a kid in a time where technology is just starting to get better and bigger, me and my friends would find ourselves trekking in the woods almost every day from like six years old onwards. We were always told to be wary when going around the woods and not to get too far so that we wouldn't get lost. Naturally, we didn't always listen, being little kids, but I never actually got lost. We were also advised not to whistle while in the forest and listen if someone else whistles there. Of course, we did it anyway sometimes, but it always was in the back of my mind when doing so. I never encountered anything while whistling, nor did I hear any whistles from the forest. I did hear stories, though. 
people hearing whistles while they know they are alone in the woods, or in a group while everyone insisted it was not them. It would sound just like a human whistling, but not a specific tune, just a plain whistle. If you do it yourself, it would answer. If you continued, it would get closer. You'd begin to hear it getting closer, forest bed crunching beneath its heavy footsteps. Then it would be near you. You might see it or it would stay hidden somewhere close. Or even run away in some cases. There's a huge possibility that you're in danger if it gets close. You see, apparently, bears can whistle. Not just like humans, but very similar. Where we blow air out while whistling, bears do it inwards. Try it, it sounds quite the same as the normal style. Most of the time, bears stay away from humans. It has been said that they see us more than we see them. I've seen aerial pictures and videos of forests where berry pickers haven't noticed it, but a bear can be somewhere close by, just doing its thing. My youngest cousin is somewhere around 15 years younger than me. Good kid, always has been. But when he started to learn to speak, he gave me and my older relatives quite uneasy feelings. My other cousin, his brother, died when he was just two or three, somewhere around there. We went to visit his grave one time shortly after the burial. And after being mostly silent and thoughtful looking, the youngling spoke up. He just said, brother is watching us. We all seemed a bit shocked, but seemingly tried to play it off as him coping with the situation. Other times we were on a bit of a hike somewhere in the forest, heading deeper and deeper, as we were on our way to have a very Finnish feast of sausages grilled over an open fire. It was a pretty dark and dense area of the forest, when he spoke up, again having been silent for most of the time. No one will find us here, he said calmly. Nothing else. I say that both of those cases were just him picking up things that people have said and just repeating them. As for the watching, I reckon he meant as an angel since most of my relatives are more or less religious. As for the woods, I like to think that it was just something from telly or out of context adult conversation he overheard. I don't know, but I still feel a bit funny when I'm thinking back to it. I was in my parents' car going to my hometown with my dad. He was driving. It was a winter evening and it was getting fairly dark. It was a bigger stretch of the road, but it was mostly empty throughout. After a long time of not seeing anyone, we see a car coming on the opposite side of a straight patch of road. It was so dark that only the headlights were visible. We drove like we normally would, as did the other driver. It was a bit of a downhill for us, and the road dipped a bit. Just enough for the other car to disappear behind a crest. And it literally did. It was out of sight for like one, one and a half seconds. But in that time, it managed to disappear. Mind you, the speed limit on that part of the road is 80 kilometers an hour during winter time, and the other driver seemed to match that. There was a tiny road where it could have turned from the main road, but the thing is, at that speed, during winter, it would have been very impossible. Also, when we drove past the tiny road, there was no signs of anyone driving there. Since it was winter, there would have been visible tyre tracks. But there were none. Both of us saw the car. Both of us set it out since it was so long after the last one we had seen. Both of us checked the tiny road. But where did it go? It has been six or seven years now and we still haven't figured it out. Most of my immediate family and relatives live pretty close to where we lived. 
We would visit each other pretty often, and since it wasn't that far, the trip was usually made on foot or by bike. From six years old onwards to the time my grandmother died, I would visit her pretty occasionally. And like I said, she lived only a bit over a kilometre away, so it was not too bad of a walk, even for a kid like me. What did make the walk more or less harder and dull was the fact that living in, in a rural Finnish town means no streetlights and darkness basically three quarters of the day during winter. I'm not afraid of the dark per se, but it does make me a bit uneasy at times. It always has. The thing about not using a flashlight is that it makes you focus on specific spots too much and your mind is more likely to start running wild. Also, peeking over your shoulder is something you should not do, no matter how much you feel like it. It just makes everything feel so much scarier. I'm walking to my grandmother's place. The road is dirt all the way in the middle of the forest. The last stretch is the one that gives me the most hope since I can see a glimpse of light at the end of the road, but it's always the most unnerving since it's the most dense part. You can only see pitch black all over the sides. The forest is so dense there. Occasionally the sky can be seen amongst the treetops, but it's so dark it barely makes any difference. It's winter. Not too cold. I'm somewhere around 8 to 10 years old. Snow helps a bit with the seeing part. I can see where the road meets the forest. I get to the last stretch and see the tiny glimpse of light. Not too long to go anymore. And that's when I hear it. From the darkness behind me, something is making a sound. It sounds like footsteps. I listen more closely, not turning around, and it's running. It has more than two legs. I can't stand the urge and I peek over my shoulder, still walking, although it was so dark that I couldn't see anything anyway. The footsteps slow down and get quieter. I calculate that I probably won't be able to outrun it, whatever it is, so I just keep on walking. I continue and it starts running. I peek, it seems to stop. I walk, it runs, I peek, it stops. After a couple more times of this, I can't take it anymore and turn around to see a black shape running towards me against the slightly whiter snow. I freeze, not from the cold, but from fear. It just keeps running, and finally it gets to me galloping at full speed. And it was my cousin's goddamn dog, who, by the way, <laughs> looks just like a wolf. He was pretty intimidating if you didn't know him and quite hard to befriend, but I had managed to do that. He was a pure baby all the way once you got to know him. I walked, I walked with him the rest of the way, gave him a hug and gestured for him to go home, and he did. So a couple of shorter things, theories or something like that. Sorry that this is so long, but to be fair, I did warn you. I can't remember if you've mentioned it on some episode, but seeing dead people in crowds, etc. I've done that two times. Of course, I can't prove it. Probably was just someone with extreme likeness of facial features. The first one was my first girlfriend's mother couple of years after she passed away the second one was that earlier mentioned cousin i only caught a glimpse of both of them for a second or two in a crowd so i can't be too sure these things happened a couple of years apart from each other in some episode i think it was a patreon episode emma mentioned that you hear things when you're about to fall asleep and when you're about to wake up it happens to me too almost every time i've grown used to it but sometimes it gets a bit bothersome especially as I live alone. Again, some other episode. I really do binge your content. You mentioned epilepsy in some context. It made me think that could some of the earlier possession cases and exorcisms be explained by epilepsy? The thing about that condition is that it has many forms, and I've witnessed it firsthand, the kind that comes when you sleep. 
My cousin, the same age as me, had epilepsy attacks frequently when he was younger. I saw him have attacks multiple times when I was at their place having sleepovers. Even though, I, even though I knew what was going on, it was pretty freaky to wake up to him bolting up from the bed and just staring at different things and objects and make not quite normal moans, groans and growls. Sometimes even some kind of odd tries to get some words out. He would stare at me too, many times, but not quite with the stare that you would normally have. It was very animalistic, raw, mostly emotionless, with some hints of menace from time to time. But as I said... It was nothing I ever was scared of since I knew what it was. But I can easily see how more severe cases could be passed as a possession. And that was story number one. What were your thoughts? Fascinating about the bears being able to whistle. Reason not to whistle back even if you are freaked out. See, I loved this because it's really interesting because while they're like little spooky stories, there's an explanation for all of them. So yeah. it's something so different to what we've done previously. Who really knew bears nice could fucking whistle? Yeah, I know. So I wouldn't, does that put the Whistler stories in a different context? Potentially. Because there's bears in America, isn't there? Yeah, there are. Yeah. Thank goodness they didn't whistle back. I know, because that like, I I would not want to get eaten by a bear. Yeah, see, you know when you said, when you alluded to the fact that in Finnish law you don't whistle back, Mm -hmm. you were very clever. I know, aren't I? Because you made I had it, read that story already. You made it seem like there was some kind of spooky reason for not whistling, but, but actually it's just because you might encourage a bear attack. You might get eaten by a bear. Wow. Um, I like the dog story as well. <laughs> I loved it because it's so intense and then it's like, oh, it's only a baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, Finland, it fascinates me, but then at the same time, I can't be doing with that darkness and the cold. Yeah. I don't know how Hobnodlin does it. I guess if you've grown up there. I guess if you've grown up there, it's different. And they live a very outside life by the sounds of things, which is cool. That little kid though. No, no, no. Yeah, but kids are weird. No kids will... just are weird and they say weird things like... No one will find us here. Oh my God. Get lost. I'd be like, right, boot you into the middle of the wilderness. I'd start whistling frantically. Come on, bears. <laughs> Come and get him. It's a free little lunch for you. But yeah, I thought it was something different to start the show. You know, they're not the type of stories that we normally share because people are like, oh my God, this terrible paranormal thing happened to me and I don't understand it. This is like, yeah, weird things happen. Mm. And I also have to say, I did particularly like the last bit about the weirdness of epilepsy yeah, and really the weirdness of especially acquired brain injuries I think mm. as well can can be so strange I know um so on the podcast what the fuck is in this book they thought they talked about possession and they talked about um encephalitis as being like one of those things that's really uh that's often mistaken as like psychosis or potentially possession and stuff and I've actually experienced encephalitis firsthand twice in my life and let me tell you that shit is fucking horrific yeah. like that shit is possession territory the first time i saw somebody with with encephalitis when i was in hospital with her visiting her i brought her a copy of the exorcist as a joke because she looked like she was possessed when she had her first seizure and when i brought in the copy of the exorcist we had her laptop and we were like oh let's watch the exorcist fucking priest came in doing his rounds <laughs> we're sitting there watching the exorcist laughing but anyway that's beside the point so i think it's really important to like talk about these things as well you know and and like because we think about epilepsy and seizures and stuff as people just sort of like shaking that sounds like i'm delegitimizing it just just shaking on the ground foaming at the mouth i don't mean to say just but actually there's lots of different types of seizures that people can have imagine if you had no medical comprehension of what that was though 
Oh, it must be. Like that would account for some of the historical stuff, I would have thought. Horrific. Horrific. Mm. Absolutely terrifying. So story number two today I'm is... guessing it's not as nice as that. It's a very strange story, actually. Mm. It's um, a story that has been on my mind for quite a while, and we've just gotten to it chronologically. It's very strange. Very strange. And the person asked for me not to use their last name. I never do anyway, but I think that's really significant that they've specifically requested not to have their last name used. So this is Allah's story. Are you ready? Okay. I've had many strange experiences over the years when I lived in my childhood home. I especially experienced the paranormal from when I was very little up to my high school years. Only until I moved out three years ago, I've only had a couple of experiences that might have been chalked up as figments of the imagination and drowsy eyes. The strangest paranormal experience I can recall took place in my freshman year of high school. The years before, even before my first year of high school, I'd been interested in learning about my Jewish heritage and ancestors. On my mother's side, my great-great-grandmother had converted to Protestantism for her husband, and in actuality kept her Jewishness a secret from her family up until she raised my grandmother and my great-uncle. By my freshman year, I had more independence and researched in my spare time and began to attend Shabbat services at a synagogue. I especially became interested in researching Orthodox Judaism and Chadism, more religious Jewish sects. I'm not a religious person, yet tradition fascinates me. One day, after a nice hour of working out at a gym, I went into the steam room. Something unexplainable occurred. When the steam was being released naturally into the room, my vision blurred and suddenly I was in a different place. The room was dark and dank and grey and the steam was chemicals filling a gas chamber. In that fearful realisation, it disappeared and my surroundings were the steam room. I felt shaky and out of breath. Some time passed. It could have been one month or so. Again, unexplainable paranormal happenings. I was in the shower, completely fine and relaxed. It was later in the evening. I blinked and a young man, who couldn't be older than 19 years, was smiling at me, also naked and up against my body. It wasn't lecherous, but it was caring and happy. He had prayer curls that ultra-religious Jewish boys and men wear, a long curl on each side of their face. He was taller than me by several inches and skinny, had brown curly hair and brown eyes. He had a smooth face, so maybe too young to grow a beard. He moved against me as if to hug me, and he acted like he knew me. And the next second he was gone. I was stunned and really I was uncomfortable. But for a strange reason, I wasn't frightened. I don't know if he was familiar or unfamiliar, yet I didn't know anyone like him. And I quickly left the shower. A couple of days later, again after a shower, I was clothed and laying on my stomach in bed with my feet up as I flipped through a book. I felt a presence wash over me. And I turned my face to the right, and there he is again. Smiling affectionately, laying next to me. Watching, stroking my hair and my cheek. I didn't feel scared, he never gave off a dangerous vibe. He was just caring, and it was really strange. I don't remember if he was wearing clothes, but I think at this time he was, and then he was gone. For a week or two afterwards, I felt a familiar presence watching over me. He felt a little playful and very affectionate, like a loving friend. According to Kabbalist Jewish mystics, a soul is reborn many times until they can finally fulfill God's role for them. I can't say for sure if we'd known each other in a past life, but he felt familiar, and he seemed to believe that he knew me intimately. And as quickly as he entered my life, 
one day he was gone. Every so often he entered my mind and I may have felt a presence in the room with me, but never as strong and persistent for attention. I haven't felt him since that month of my freshman year of high school, but I continue my Jewish studies and research of my heritage. Hmm, interesting story. I know, right? Yeah. Isn't that mad? I've got lots of thoughts about this one, but what, what do you okay. think first? I think you should probably go first, actually. Okay, well, so I was, I, I, I've thought about this story a lot, but I think there's something really powerful about your own heritage. Absolutely. And I think there's something really powerful about researching your culture and your cultural heritage. And obviously, I'd imagine I'm not Jewish, um, so I can't begin to understand how it must feel to have a cultural heritage that's wrapped up in so much trauma. As a Jewish person, I can imagine that your idea of the Holocaust must be so painful. And I, I wonder if there's a really distinct connection between these things that he saw and the research of his Jewish heritage. So like, whether it was paranormal or whether it was him, his brain establishing a connection to that part of his life that maybe he hadn't experienced before. Yeah. So Jewishness was so new for him that it almost seems like his brain was potentially creating this knowing of something that he always knew but never knew yeah does that i don't know if i'm explaining that very well maybe it's just like the more you research the more you unlock and your ancestors are able to channel you see what i mean because it feels like a, almost a paternal figure the uh the the gentleman with the curls doesn't it or like a fraternal figure but i wonder if it's somebody caught in time like he's not actually seeing a ghost he's seeing somebody that's caught in a moment um, but he just happens to be the one on the other end of that moment oh, yeah, for that period of time. So when he sees the person like naked in the shower or whatever, um, he said that he moves, he moves um, the the, per- the the naked boy man in the shower, moves to hold him, and he acted like he knew him. It wasn't like a he saw him from like a distance or he saw him walk past the mirror or whatever. This was like he went to touch him, he went mm. to hold him. So it was like he's getting this snapshot of time. And being in the bed beside him, stroking his hair. Like, yeah. that's a real intimate thing to do. Yeah. It's just, a, it really made me think. Yeah, it is interesting. Very interesting. What you what you unlock, what you tap into when you do research and stuff like that, and what it opens your mind up to. It's very interesting. I thought it was a her, actually. Did you? <laughs> yeah. But obviously not. Oh, I thought it was a boy. I just missed that on the cues. No, I don't know. I, like, I don't know if Allah is a girl's name or a boy's name. No, neither do I. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Can you please let me know if you're a boy or a girl? Just, this happens all the time and people always <laughs> mess with me and they go, I'm a girl or I'm a boy. <laughs> um, That's really interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Because I thought it was like, um, I mean, I could be well wrong if this is a bloke, like you said, but I felt like it was the um, the intimacy in the shower was like as if it was a young A young couple. couple. It it does sound like a young mm. couple to me, and she she he says they said he felt a little playful and very affectionate, like a loving partner. I left out the bit that says who was always hoping to get who also was hoping to get lucky. Strangely enough, so there's obviously a sexuality yeah. thing to it, and maybe and the stroking of the hair in the bed is 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 very um, either partnery or parenty, I think. And I think that that freshman year, what's, what's freshman year of high school? That's like first year. first year of high school. So you're young, yeah. 
probably going through puberty, probably exploring your or trying to figure out your own sexuality. So there's so many weird th- like links going on here. There's like the exploration of Jewish heritage. There's like the exploration of self. Exploration of self, yeah. yeah. And what that means to you. And I wonder if somewhere the whole being in the steam room bit and um feeling as though they're being transported back to his gas chamber, like is that linked to learning more and more about your heritage and feeling a connection to, you know, the plight of those people who went before you and who died because of what you're um, identifying with now? Extremities of emotion, isn't it? Yeah, I wonder if it is. Feel. Story number three, you ready? Uh, Yeah, these have been two really different stories so far. I know, it's been a weird, it's a weird episode. Sorry, I am doing them chronologically and that those were just the two... The two that came next. Are you ready for Esmeralda's yeah, I'm story? I'm feeling really calm, actually. I know, I well, told you what. Which is probably calm before a storm, right? No, no, you work. I've got a story from Esmeralda. Yep. And then I've got a story from Ross to finish things off. So two short stories to finish today's episode. Okay. That sound good? Yep, sounds great to me. I'll first start by saying that as kids, my sister and I did not get along. We constantly fought. Rarely talked to each other nicely and never hugged. I'd been sleeping in my room and for a few nights I could feel something watching me. Being a kid, I was too scared to look and just took protection under my blanket. One night, curiosity got the better of me and I looked. I saw three dark figures which were almost transparent. I noped the fuck out and went straight to my parents' room (laughs) but didn't tell them what happened. A couple of nights later, my sister came into my room sobbing in the middle of the night. She crawled into my bed and told me that the men kept staring at her and she couldn't take it anymore. I slept on the couch for months, chose a different room in the house as my room and I now, as a 21-year-old, refuse to ever sleep upstairs and still get a bad feeling when I even go upstairs. I've had other smaller things happen, but this is the most memorable of mine. The next one is my dad's story. He believes that anger and arguing brings in evil spirits. When he lived in an apartment with my mum when they were younger, their neighbours fought constantly. He said that he saw a dark, transparent man with a cowboy hat, a long trench coat and long hair. He said he never felt anything so dark and he knew it was real. I was reminded of this by the man in the hat episode. So that's Esmeralda's story. That's it. Very short. Um, I'm not going to go on to Ross's story just yet because I I want to give each story the attention it deserves. So, what are your thoughts? Uh, the three people men in the room is is rank. And I, when when I was a kid, we moved. Uh, when I was shared, shared a room with my brother for the longest time, and then my parents converted the study downstairs in our house so that I could actually sleep downstairs. And uh, it was right by the front door. And it took me as a as a younger person, it took me a good six months to get used to the fact that nobody was going to break into the house. And I used to without fail about one o'clock in the morning I used to go upstairs sleep on the floor in my parents room come back down so on so on this one on one on on so oh really to, yeah and I, just that fear of not wanting to be in that room at night time was really strong even though I had no nothing like that experience at all it was just a mental thing with me where I thought someone was going to break in when I was asleep and they come to me first when actually in reality if they saw someone was in the room they'd probably just go somewhere else wouldn't they That's... yeah <laughs> um, but I just couldn't get over that and I know what that fear is like so it must have been ten times worse for Esmeralda that's her name right yeah uh, because of actually seeing something in that room totally understand it not wanting to go back in there on the dad's thing about energy yeah 
Well, it makes sense though, wouldn't it? I guess if you think about it, this idea that it's like the idea that spirits feed on energy, if you are creating a negative energy yourself, it would open the possibility of more dark things coming in if they're feeding on energy, right? Because there would be more energy in the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense. And if you're in a couple that's a really toxic, horrible, yeah. dark relationship, it's not even just going to be full of anger. It's going to be full of hatred and yeah. resentment and and all those like nasty, nasty things that happen in bad relationships. So it makes sense. Mm. One more. Are you ready? I don't know. You look on your face as I shouldn't be. <laughs> and this story comes from Ross. So thank you, Ross. I used to date someone who lived with her mother and two sisters in a detached house in a rural part of Ireland. I would drive to her place along winding forested roads at all hours of the day and night, a considerable distance from where I lived. The quickest way to her place was through a really lonely, creepy series of routes with lurching trees and yawning fields on either side and little to no light along the roads for most of the journey. On this particular night when I arrived at her place, I passed between two tall white pillars with the name of the house emblazoned on it, which which I will not disclose here out of respect. The driveway was long, unlit and lined with overgrown bushes on both sides. Before you arrived at the house, which had a makeshift roundabout with an island of overgrown hedging at the centre of the parking area out front. Leaving my car and going inside the house, greeted by her, we began a pleasant night of movie watching and lazing around, just happy in each other's company. Her father had died when she was eight. Her two closest friends ended their own lives at 18, and her entire world was shattered by all of this. The house set me on edge. A stern, sepia-toned photographs of her father stared down at you from the walls and shelves in every room. An oppressive sadness hit me, just being there with her. But after we finished watching movies and eating, just having fun, we made our way upstairs, trying to keep quiet on our way across the groaning wooden floors as everyone else in the house was asleep. With my overnight bag in hand, we kissed a peck before she slipped into her bedroom to dress for bed, gesturing to me to go to the spare room at the far end of the landing and prepare for bed myself, where she would join me later, as her mother disapproved. I turned and started to walk down this long, creaky wooden landing to the room I would be staying in that night, a single light bulb lighting the way, which darkened to almost total blackness by the time I reached the door to that bedroom. Strangely, the door was already open. There was no light on in the room, and a big old stuffed teddy bear sat lopsided at one corner, peering across at me. No, no, no. Illuminated only by the slightly silvery moonlight outside the window that did nothing to break the darkness in the room. I then reached forward and groped the empty space ahead of me into the night, looking for the bedside lamp. And I screamed, when against my skin, from the blackness, I felt a shuddering, hairy, fleshy mass against my skin. I shut the door and stayed on the couch downstairs by myself that night, but didn't sleep at all. The next day I asked my ex if she had a dog, and she said, We only ever had one, Benson. He died up in that room after he got into the bins and ate a chicken bone that punctured his organs. The last thing I wanted to do was ask the girl to talk about death after the plethora of loss she already had in her heart, but I asked her one more question, leaving it at that. The, the room I was going to sleep in. She said, Yeah, that was the room my dad died in. Same bed too, actually. Benson was his dog, and sometimes mum says they're both still up there. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. 
I can deal with, I can deal with poltergeists, seeing ghostly figures, man in the hat, blah, blah, blah. I can deal with all of that. I can't. What I can't deal with is an actual fleshy something Mm. that you can tangibly touch and feel as a real creature in that room. That's not something I can deal with. No. No, 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 no. I was freaked out by the teddy bear, though, to be honest with you. (laughs) I saw your face at that (laughs) bit, and I was like, good lord. (laughs) We have a ghost podcast, and you're here going, fuck (laughs) off, a teddy bear? No, (laughs) absolutely. Worst story I've ever heard. Uh, Yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about being made to sleep in that room. I guess it was just an afterthought for the girl, though, wasn't it? Yeah, because if it's your house, it's your house, isn't it? You're not going to go, oh, um, we're going to put you in the haunted room tonight. You know, you don't really think about things in that regard, do you? No. Especially if it's your own house. You don't be like, oh, this is the room that really freaks everyone out. Or this room where my dead dad is. Yeah. And I guess I... I guess I always sleep in the room where my granddad died anyway, so... I haven't really thought about it like that. Do you? Yeah. (laughs) Now that you come to mention it. Well, won't be sleeping there anymore. <laughs> You'll be back on your parents' floor at yeah. one o'clock in the morning. Not, 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 uh, not, my, not my parents' house. At, uh, at my I grandma's. know at your grandma's. Yeah. That is um, revelations. That... <laughs> How do you feel about that, Dan? Tell us. Well, nothing's ever happened in there, so it's all grand, really. I'm not really too bothered. I just it just occurred to me that that was the case, actually. So that's the thing. That's it. exactly yeah. it. Like you just don't think about it, do no. you? That's not forever tired as, oh, that's the room that someone died in. You can't no. go in there. You just get on with it. You know what was the worst thing about that room? What? There's a picture of me on, in the, up in the room. <laughs> I find it really disturbing. Why is there a picture of you up in the room? There's a picture of me all over the house. Is there? No. Cute. There's more pictures of Joe now. There used to be. Joe, oh, but... Joe keeps buying um, my grandma pictures of him for her birthday and for Christmas and stuff like that. Where so is he buying from... all these pictures of himself from? Uh, from, <laughs> the, from the photographer that takes pictures of him on trains. He's got his own photographer. Oh, that follows me around to yeah. the picture of my trains. Yeah. Anyway, this is completely yeah, irrelevant. Sorry, sorry um, no, to the but podcast. yeah, that room, that the, the actually touching something like you said. I don't know how I feel about that because even when I was nodding off earlier when I had a nap, I was aware of the fact that my feet were uncovered. It was yeah, freaking me out. That is, I'm, I'm, I have to say, I'm getting much better at it. Like it doesn't really bother me that much anymore. I can sleep without the blankets on. It used to be that I literally wouldn't sleep with like a toe out of the bed in case something came and grabbed me and dragged me out of the bed. <laughs> And that's from watching Paranormal Activity, though, which is completely different. But I don't really mind anymore. It doesn't really bother me. I feel like this podcast has made me more of a believer, but also stronger. I feel like it's got nothing to do with that. I think it's more the fact that I'm in the bed next to you and you know that if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen to me first. Yeah, that's true. And also, (laughs) if Bim gets into bed with me, then she'll just fight anybody who comes to attack me. So it's fine. Do you want some reviews? Yeah, let's have some reviews. So we've got three new reviews. We've got a review from Abhilasha Dake, I think it is, which is entitled Just Can't Stop. I started listening to this podcast. Not sure what to expect, but my mind has been blown. I'm in love with Emma's narration and just can't get enough of Dan's reactions and far-reaching theories, when some, which somehow ending up end up making the most sense to me. Banned from the podcast. Oh, you are the kind of listener. Don't we need. tell Dan that he makes sense. <laughs> Don't do that. To be fair, the, the the story about the scrolls never made it to air, so no, that's I, the only really weird one. I can't. That, <laughs> that's your only weird theory. Yeah, just that one. Yeah. 
The next one comes from jo- Dominic JP. How do you select six stars? Chemistry of Dan and Emma is great. Love that you get a great well-read story and commentary with background research to help you form your own opinions. The show also posts pictures and links via Instagram and Facebook to give visuals along with the story. Also nice to have two hosts who feel like I'd have a beer with them. Cheers, guys. Here's the sixth star and they've got a little star emoji. Nice. Keep them coming. Thanks, Dominic JP. That's and nice touch. Finally, we've got one from Jackery21, which is entitled My Favourite Podcast by Far. Been listening since episode one and I'm a glad Patreon sub- supporter. If you like hosts that have not only great chemistry, but are also just lovable human beings, this is for you. From the movie reviews at the beginning to the spooky music throughout, everything works so well to create an amazing podcast. Oh, you guys warm my little you. heart. You genuinely warm my heart. I should have put in the review about me eating that M&M. Because <laughs> then when it comes to it, I'll be like, when did that happen? But it was quite recent. So again, I apologize. Thank you for leaving us gorgeous reviews. I really appreciate it. It makes me really happy. If you enjoyed this week's episode, which was a bit of a mad episode, a bit of a mad mix of stories this week. Yes, and that is, I apologize for not, sorting one out in time we forgive you we are very busy people everyone knows that you know it's okay yeah my laptop wasn't working either so we very easily could have not had an episode this week which which would have been a disaster but if you enjoyed this week's episode please make sure and go and leave us a little review on apple podcasts it doesn't really do anything for us in terms of like ratings or whatever but it, what it does do is if people go and have a look they're like oh this podcast has loads of good reviews let's go listen to it which is amazing and there's some podcasts i listen to that that don't have as high a rating as us which is quite nice that is quite nice <laughs> as well you can also leave us a review on our facebook page which is real life ghost stories podcast and you can join our facebook group which is rlgs Supergroup. the answer to the question is emma and dan i'm emma he's dan obviously <laughs> And the Facebook group people are the best people in the world. Yes, the most wholesome bunch. Yeah, it's probably the only Facebook group in the world. This is not a challenge before I say this to any of you. I've not had to kick anybody out of the group. Ever. We don't want to either, but it's just demonstrative of how lovely they all are. I know another podcast that we listened to literally had to shut down their Facebook page recently because of the way people were behaving on it like that's incredible that's yeah. mad so yeah. you guys are we stunning like i look forward to checking in on the facebook group every day just to see what people are posting it makes me really happy you can also follow us on instagram i am on instagram at real life ghost stories dan is on instagram at 50p movie club and dan is currently doing 31 days of terror for october well, where remembered. he is where he is playing a different horror video game every night um, you can find us on Twitter at Real Ghost Pod, and you can sign up to our Patreon page. The best way to support us in terms of keeping this podcast going is to support us on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month, you get access to an extra, I think it's currently on 25 um tiny tales paranormal episodes will be 26 on monday you also get access to the back catalog of 50p movie club which is a podcast that dan and will did about shitty movies that they watch and review and you can access that for the two dollar tier and it's coming back soon and um, i need people as well to stop apologizing for not being patreon subscribers 
Yeah, there's no expectation oh, at all. Absolutely none. I can't believe we have any Patreon subscribers, never mind the fact that we have whatever, I don't even know what the number is at this stage. But yeah, so please don't apologise for not being a Patreon subscriber. I've subscribed to so many podcasts on Patreon and then had to delete my subscriptions because I just don't have the money to do it. And that is a genuine thing. And that is so, fine because we would rather you feed yourself and your children than paid us money to listen to me talk about rubbish movies, to be fair. Yeah, that is very true. So if you do want to support us, by all means, we really appreciate it and we love you for it. But if you don't have that money, there is no expectation to do that. <laughs> the way you said that was really threatening. If you don't have uh, that money... I'm going to kneecap you. <laughs> I'm rambling now. I'm really tired. So I'm just talking absolute bollocks. Can I just say two kind of exciting things coming up, which I don't yeah. know when people will be able to hear. But um, on the 17th of October... I'm very excited to announce, and I'm not even sure you know this yet, <laughs> that I'm going to be a guest on the Until 5, uh, Game Until 5 podcast. I did not know that. That's really exciting. So uh, I don't know when you'll well, hear I, it. Why do you never tell me these things? Because it just came to my mind and I was excited about it because I was thinking about the other thing is that on the 19th, I'm hopefully going to record the first few episodes of the new series of 50p movie club with my new host oh are you going to say who your host is i think we've already said it but i'm not going to say it again just because i haven't okay surprising okay and on that note gorgeous people just to sum up today's episode i apologize for eating an m&m on air i'll never do it again bears can whistle esmeralda had three men in her room and never slept in again esmeralda had three men in a room i mean she was a child so i don't know how (laughs) ghosts as well not just three random men um again horrific (laughs) there was a big beast in Ross's ex-girlfriend's spare bedroom and and there was a there was a naked man in the shower with Anna yeah which I've just remembered I think is a girl's name because I've met a girl called Anna before oh can you please elaborate no I've just met a girl not you oh if you are Anna and you're listening to this can you please elaborate and on that note 